If you're committed to transitioning to a new role outside of the classroom, let me give you some advice. Don't try to navigate this journey all on your own. The Teacher Career Coach course will walk you step-by-step through the entire process. When you sign up, you'll get help picking your career path, have access to a library of transition resumes for teachers written by a professional, and even gain access to a list of hundreds of companies that hire teachers. Most importantly, you'll join our exclusive private community to collaborate with others and network. I've dedicated my time putting together templates and resources to create the most thorough program to help save you time. Learn more about the Teacher Career Coach course at teachercareercoach.com forward slash course. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. Now, before we get started with this episode, I want to make sure that everybody listening is aware that we have a jobs board. It's the Teacher Career Coach Jobs Board, where we are posting different positions that are great fits for transitioning teachers and working with companies that are looking to get their open positions in front of your eyes. So make sure you go over to jobs.teachercareercoach.com to sign up for the jobs board. We actually even send out notifications. So if you see at the very bottom of the page, you can put in your email address and then we'll send you a weekly update. Now getting to today's episode, I get to interview Allison Springer, who is a internet friend of mine. She's a teacher who turned social media strategist, and she helps support mission-driven businesses with their TikToks and their reels. She is a mentor who helps other people actually learn how to earn an income through freelancing with social media management, and she helps other teachers create freedom and opportunity in their lives. Listen in as we have a great discussion about everything she had to do to transition into this type of work. Hey, Allison. Thanks so much for being here today. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, We've had quite a few conversations prior to you coming on the podcast, um, just because I've been impressed with your social media. Uh, You know, you've been doing social media marketing and like TikTok for businesses, TikTok for social media, like entrepreneurs for a while. For anybody who has not met you yet, though, I'd love to start back with your history as a teacher. Um, How long were you in the classroom for? And just share a little bit about your journey into education. Yes. So I was a teacher for five years in Arkansas and I taught for, um, I taught for three years at the junior high level or at high school level. And then I transitioned to junior high and 
to be honest, I really love teaching. I was an art teacher. I taught visual art. And, but I was never sure it was the thing that I wanted to do for my entire life. And I had so many other different passions that I think there's this misconception that everybody that wants to leave the teacher field is suffering from like burnout and hating their job. But really, like, I just wanted something different and I just wanted a different lifestyle. And yeah, like the burnout and the <laughs> the horribleness that happened with the pandemic was a little bit of a push out the door. But um, for the most part, like I was just really excited to try new things and pursue something different, knowing that like I could go back if I wanted, you know, so that's a little bit of the background. I know that from conversations we've had, you actually started your journey on social media with your own like teacher tech talk. Is that correct? Yeah. So I had a teacher gram and a teacher TikTok where I would just post things for fun. And sometimes it would be posting like it was me dancing in my classroom or it was me calling out some really uncool thing in the education system and really just using it as a creative outlet and talking about how teachers need to prioritize themselves and set boundaries and, you know, be other humans outside of teaching. And then through that process, I kind of fell in love with social media and the growth opportunities and all I had to offer. But that was my introduction to it was Teachergram and Teacher Talk, which is hilarious because I tell people that's how I started. And they're like, what is Teachergram? And I'm like, wait, what? Not everybody knows what a teacher gram is. Um, but yeah. I think I was exposed to it, I don't know, six years ago. But when I was actually in the classroom, I don't think I followed any like teacher gram people myself. So it was like after I left, I started meeting educational consultants when I was working um, as an educational consultant. And we were following each other. And I was like, oh, this is a thing that I had no idea even it existed. What... Um, steps did you take to actually make this your full-time job? Because I know that there are probably so many missing pieces between point A and where you are now. Yeah. So as like a lot, if you're on TikTok, you might know that you just learn about all the random things. Um, and I was seeing different people on TikTok earning money online and earning money doing virtual assisting. And I had really loved not teaching from home during the pandemic, but I really loved working from home. And I was doing all these personal development things on the side, reading books and, and thinking about like what skills I had. And if I wanted to leave the classroom, what skills or what things would I be good at? And I'm very organized. I'm very type A. So I was like, maybe it's a virtual assistant. And so it really, I took like a small virtual assistant class just to get my business started. I did virtual assisting for a couple months, but then as a virtual assistant, you do all these different tasks for business owners and I just loved the social media tasks. So then like two months in, I became a social media manager. But truthfully, what's now a business literally started as me starting as a virtual assistant. Like I looked for clients in May. I hustled to get as many as I could to try to like make up my teacher salary. And I did it in month one. And, and that's really how it started. And then from then, it's just been like, OK, now I have to figure out like, is this sustainable? How do I get better? How do I make this a business? Like, how do I feel good and secure in this so that I feel like this is what I'm going to do and that I don't necessarily have to go back if I don't want to. And I have the summer to figure that out, which is pretty cool. Do you mind sharing the names of any of the personal development books that you loved during that time? Yeah. So I love personal development. I geek out on it all the time. Some of my favorites are, um, I love the gifts of imperfection uh, by Brene Brown. I love all of her books. Um, I love untamed by Glennon Doyle. I love just like Mel Robbins. Um, I love You Were a Badass by Jen Sincero. And I was just 
because I was struggling so much and I was listening to books and podcasts and just trying to figure out like how to, because teaching in person and virtually was so challenging. I was trying to just figure out like how to maintain myself and how to um, still exist in the world. Um, And that's kind of, I really do think that that background of personal development made it feel possible for me to do the things. Um, And high performance habits, habits is probably my favorite one, but yeah, they definitely helped me cultivate the mindset because the first before you leave teaching, whether it's for freelancing or whether it's to leave for a different career, it's like you have to have the mindset to believe that it's possible for you. Yeah, 100% agree. I'm actually in the middle of Untamed right now and I love it. I love it. Some of the other ones that you mentioned are also my top favorites, but highly recommend Untamed for sure by Glennon Doyle. Um, When you were talking about your virtual assistant job, you said that you were actually looking for clients. Where did you find clients? Like, were you on Upwork? Were you on Fiverr? Were you just like randomly DMing people on Instagram? Yeah. So this is like the number one question that I get. And it's one of my favorites because I've never, ever gotten a job on Upwork or Fiverr. And, you know, you have to think switching from a job that's a nine to five where they take your taxes out and they give you benefits and all of these things to switching to working as a freelancer, which um, for those of you that don't know, it's essentially just, you know, like the taxes aren't taken out. You aren't tied to one specific company. You're providing services to multiple companies. Um, so you have to actually hold back for taxes and pay in at the end of the year and all these things. And Upwork and Fiverr take a large percentage of what you make. Um, and so if I'm already saving for retirement and taxes and then I'm giving them part of my money I'm just like oh that just doesn't feel good and it's fine if I have to do that but I really don't want to have to do that and so um the first step number one is like actually especially if you want to get into social media um actually being visible on social media is a great step and leaning into like my network of people that I already knew so like I got my first client by saying on my Instagram I am a teacher. I am leaving the teach. I am leaving the classroom. I want to help support businesses virtually. Does anybody know anyone? And I got a message that day and I worked for her for four months. Um, and then besides like just being visible and getting opportunities that way, um, applying for, you can still find freelance positions on Indeed and on LinkedIn. So that's an option. But my main source of finding clients has been Facebook groups. So it's been going to Facebook groups and joining Facebook groups that I'm interested in, like as far as um, like if I'm interested in real estate or if I'm interested in health or if I'm interested in um, like coaching or finances and thinking about where the, the owners of those businesses hang out and then just like going to hang out there and providing free value on social media. And then every once in a while, people will post jobs and they'll post that they're looking for somebody to do something and then I'll connect and we'll get on a call and the rest is history. <laughs> That's such a great suggestion. I'm in a couple Facebook groups. I don't use Facebook as much as I probably should because I know that there are a lot of strong groups there, but I try to lean off of social media so I have some brain space. But I'm on Facebook specifically for women in podcasting. Um, There's a couple groups there. And, you know, every once in a while someone says, I need someone to create my social media strategy for my podcast or someone to do all the sound editing for my podcast. And those are skills that freelancers, you know, 
hone in on, they get really good at, and that's what their specialty is. And so there's constant threads of that's what we do. We do this, we do this, we do this. And a lot of different freelancers do hang out in those groups to help support the people who are asking for support. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, like, like you don't have to be the 100% number one expert whenever you start anything. Like when I started virtual assisting, it was just, I, they said what they needed done. And I was like, I can do that or figure out how to do it. And so that's why I do think that's one of the strengths I think that teachers have so much is like they can figure out what they need to figure out. And so I just believed in myself that like what I didn't know, I could figure it out. And I kind of just went from there. But the cool thing is like once you do start, the first few are the hardest. But once you start working for people, you get more confidence. Um, it exudes in your social media presence. It exudes in the way that you approach business owners, but also you can get referrals from those business owners. And so it really has not been difficult um, to find people to work for because like you have to think about how many businesses there are and how many people don't know how to use social media, especially when it comes to new platforms like TikTok. I mean, who is an expert on TikTok? I'm a, I'm a TikTok strategist, but it's been around for two years. Like who is going to be more of an expert than me, really? I mean, so it's, it's almost like acting as if and then skilling up along the way too. <laughs> Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. With a virtual assistant role, what do you think would have been like one of the most important personality traits or strengths that you brought to be successful in that particular position? So for me, and this is virtual assisting, social media management, writing, freelance, like any type of, honestly, any job, but like, I really do think that um, the ability, like the growth mindset, honestly, um, if I didn't know how to do something, I said, I didn't know how to do it. I figured it out. (laughs) I said that I would figure it out. If it was a tech something, I read the dang manual. (laughs) I I got online with customer support. Um, I leaned into free resources like podcasts and YouTube videos. So, I mean, (laughs) I think the thing that I brought and that I actually, now that I work with businesses and I work with their teams, the thing that's hardest to find is not the expertise in something. It's the, um, it's the given ish factor and it's the want to continue to learn and continue to grow and to do what you need in order to figure it out. Like, that's what I think I brought to it. Um, but then also, um, I think that, you know, there are a lot of things in teaching that are just so transferable as far as like being able to work with different types of people, conflict resolution, being able to see the whole picture of something and how different pieces work together. Um, And from a social media standpoint, even like operating on multiple levels, managing multiple accounts, um, 
like communicating an idea to like in a graphic versus a video versus text. And so I don't know. I just, I, there were a lot of transferable skills. I don't know that I could have seen it until I got in it, but they definitely were there. Yeah. I think the personality, personality traits that you described really accurately describes people who have been really great assets to my team as well. So this is true in like startup positions, freelancing positions, but um, the type of people who are intuitive of, I can figure this out and I know the steps I can take to figure this out. And especially in virtual assisting, because the problem that a company or an entrepreneur has when they hire a virtual assistant is they are very busy. And they need someone to take sometimes very small things off of their plate. And so if you are a virtual assistant, one of the best traits that you can have is understanding the difference between the times that it might be quicker for you to just, hey, really quickly, can you just describe how you do this thing maybe in a quick video and then I'll learn from there and I'll take it over? Or I need to go and I need to go down the Google rabbit hole and I need to figure that out on my own. And my virtual assistant is really great at I say I need something done, and before I know it, she may have spent one hour on tech support with, you know, the email carrier or the platform to figure it out because she knows I don't have the answer, and me figuring out the answer as the business owner is going to take more time off of my plate. So being like hungry for those learning opportunities to continue to grow and to just help people take things off of their plate is something that I've seen make virtual assistants really stand out. Um, because it is a role that you can go in very entry level and still get paid fairly. Yeah. And just like initiative too, is just like, cause I mean, I have, I've had assistants and stuff now at this point too. Um, and I, and I work with some on the different teams that I'm in and I just the initiative to go figure that out is a huge thing. Um, but also I feel like even reliability is a huge one. Like I took for granted I just thought that everybody was like, oh, this is my job. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to meet a deadline because it's a deadline. It's something that I have to do as part of my work. And one of the things that I get complimented on the most often, and one of the reasons people pay a higher ticket price to work with me is because I'm reliable and because I do the things I say I'm going to do. But like, we're already doing that. Teachers are already very reliable. And like, that's just a given for me. Um, but it's crazy, like, how actually hard that is to find. Oh, yeah. No, I can completely imagine that. And then if you are listening to this podcast episode and you are thinking to yourself that that is not a good fit for you, that is okay, too. There are people that really want to get into a new company and they want to be onboarded. They want to have this manual of when this happens, this is exactly what happens. When this happens, this is exactly what happens. And have a team of four or five people that can support them and walk them through step-by-step -step how to do things. It is okay if this is not your spirit. This is kind of when people describe that like entrepreneur spirit. It is that spirit of figuring it outness that some people love and like drives them, but not everybody has to have that same sort of passion. So it's okay if it's not you as well. Did you, Allison, find yourself like growing even in your career as a teacher and always being kind of hungry for more, for more change or to like just continue to grow? Yes. So, and I never viewed myself as an entrepreneur at all, which is funny now because I, I so see myself that way, but I never viewed myself that way. I was very type A, very risk averse. Like I... <laughs> 
that's why leaving teaching was so hard for me because especially doing something like this, it seemed like such a risk. Um, but like it is something that as I as I continue doing it, like it 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 didn't feel as risky and it felt like I could make it sustainable because I believed in myself there. But as far as like teaching and the parallels that I see now, like I always did want to grow in teaching. I always wanted to learn. I always wanted to bring new things back to the classroom. Um, and to be honest, that was one of the things I struggled with in teaching a little bit is at least in my state, you know, um, and in my school district and things like I was the art teacher was the only art teacher. Um, every school pretty much in our state has one to two art teachers. There's not like a head art teacher. And it was either stay in the classroom or go into administration. And I have always felt this hunger to like grow and succeed and like move to the next step. And I not that I didn't love my students. I loved them so much. They're, they're the only like they're one of the only things I miss, but it's just I I wanted that growth opportunity and that constant challenge. And so I found myself even when I was a teacher, like I was picking up side hustles and I was doing different things and I was learning different hobbies. And it was to try to fulfill this like need that I had to consistently grow. I feel like that's something that's so relatable for so many people. Is it necessarily it's not necessarily even a dislike for the position you may have loved your admin, you may have loved the school culture, like you may have been somewhere great, but just the being stagnant in your career is something that some people just, you know, really struggle with that being their forever career if it feels like there's not a lot of new opportunities to advance and grow. It's just some people don't thrive in that environment. I'd love to transition a little bit more and talk about um, as a social media manager, and while you're working on TikTok and for anyone who's like interested in creating their own TikTok resources or doing this for a profession or becoming a freelancer, what tools are your absolute favorites for TikTok and Instagram? Uh, okay. I, I love this. I would talk about it for hours. I love talking about TikTok and Instagram and all the things. Are you talking about apps? Is, or like just kind of like tech tools? Or are you talking more about like how to get started? Yeah, apps. Uh, well, both. If you want to share the getting started resources you used as well, you feel free to. But um, I was thinking more apps. Yeah. So I love, as far as TikTok, I love CapCut and InShot. Those are both video editors. Um, it's a really easy place to like edit outside of the app. And then you can upload to both TikTok and Reels, which is great. Um, I love Trend Talk. So you can find all the trending sounds. Um, but really the the gold on TikTok for me is that you don't actually need a lot. Like I have a ring light sitting like two feet to my left and I've used it five times. Um, and I have a cell phone. I don't really have anything fancy. And that's what's kind of cool about TikTok to me is because it can be a lot more casual than Instagram. And it do, it's not as curated. And so I do really love that about TikTok. I love for Instagram. I love um, Adobe Lightroom to edit photos. I love Canva. Of course, everybody loves Canva, but I also really like the app Mojo to make cool Instagram stories. And so I feel like for social media tools, like there are a dime a dozen, like there's multiple tools that do each thing, but just do whatever thing you're having fun with. Cause if it's something that you hate, you're not going to do it. Um, complexity is the enemy of execution. Um, but for the most part, I just like, you know, investing into free tools. I also use, and I'll always have social media tools like in my bio on all my social medias, um, my favorite ones, but I love Metrical to schedule things out um, and make sure that, you know, I did a lot of that too. When I was still a teacher, I batched content and I was starting to help support people with social media. So I was starting to show up consistently online and um, that's kind of part of how I did that. And then as far as like getting started, um, 
the reason I think TikTok is so cool is because you can literally just do, um, you can kind of just do you and you can pick something that you love and you can just start talking about it a lot, whether it's like classroom decor or um, the outfits that you're wearing as a teacher or home decor or thrifting or gardening or literally anything like guys there's a frog that gives therapy advice okay um anything that you're super into and just talk about it a lot and provide free value and it will kind of give you to your people um and then once that happens there are opportunities to actually monetize that um but i always went at it as like this is community first this is fun first but i have like a cool link in my bio thing it's a creator store and you don't even need a website, but you can like make little products there. Um, and so, I don't know, it's it's cool because it's it's always a really good way to earn a potential side income. And once you grow a following, you can then do influencer deals and things like that. But I see it too, not only as like, hey, teachers, everybody come and be a social media manager, but like there are so many opportunities on social media for you to utilize a side income. And I wish that I would have known about them sooner because my butt was over there like waiting tables on the weekends, like um, my second year of teaching. So yeah, there. I mean, there are so many teachers who are considering going into real estate from listening to one of the former teacher episodes um, where I interviewed, her name was Kaylee, and she went into real estate. Real estate agents have Instagram, sometimes TikTok accounts to help people follow them and see the houses that they're either selling um, or just have people kind of get to know them so that they know their personality and they're able to uh, connect with people and people start to trust them and want to use them as a real estate agent when they start to buy a house. Yeah. And there, there are so many different ways that TikTok doesn't have to, you don't have to use TikTok or Instagram directly to sell something or sell yourself as an influencer, but to give free value to educate your audience. And then your audience naturally wants to work with you if you're in one of those types of positions, whether it's you're a freelancer, instructional designer, or you are becoming an educational consultant and you want to grow an audience to potentially have them talk to their districts about implementing whatever program into their district next year. You can have a social media presence to help build that community and help find like-minded people. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Well, and to be honest, like, it's not one of those things where you have to be an expert. Like I was very much like, 
I'm leaving my teaching job. This is my process of doing it. Come along the journey. Um, but like then if you want, like if you need career advice and you need to go talk to a teacher career coach, because I don't know how to rewrite your resume. Um, but as far as like the um, social media stuff too, I just started talking about it as I was learning. Like, guys, did you know that you could do this cool thing on Canva? Um, and you can do that same thing in the classroom. But it really has brought me opportunities, so many opportunities outside of monetary opportunities um, as far as, you know, like meeting people. <laughs> um, people will find me on social media and I've gotten job offers based off of my social media account, um, which is bizarre because I really felt like I had to hide who I was on social media and in general when I was in the classroom. Disclaimer, I, t I teach in the South in a very rural town, in a very conservative area, but I felt like I always kind of had to hide myself as a teacher. And now it's very interesting because whether businesses want to work with me as a social media manager or if somebody wants to work with me as an influencer or if somebody is trying to recruit me for a marketing position, which is crazy because I did not go to school for marketing, that that's happening. Um, I, they already know who I am. They know my personality. They know that I dance around like an idiot and point at things and I cuss a little and that is totally okay with them. And that feels really good um, to be able to be your authentic self and for that to be able to get you opportunities in the world, you know. I was fed the exact same, you know, story when I was going into teaching. One of the things that they taught us in our like teacher education courses, uh, the college that I went to for my certification was if you post a single photo of you with like a cocktail, you are done. Like you will not have your teacher contract. It's, it's going to be done for you. And the entire time I was like filled with fear because one of the ways that I paid for myself to live on my own and go through school to become a teacher was I was a bartender. And I kept thinking when they find out that I held this role that I don't feel ashamed about, am I going to lose my job for it? And I never felt like I was able to authentically be myself. I was always terrified. Even when I moved to a new school district and I realized that the parents were as intense as they were at the very last school district that I was at, which was a very toxic one, I deleted all of my social media accounts. I just did not want them to look at what my boyfriend looked like or look at his page and find out that he held political beliefs that might not align with them or just anything about it. And I completely removed myself from connecting with friends and family. And that's something that is so weird and common in teaching is just removing that from yourself and then being able to like re-enter a work environment where people like who you are, you're allowed to within reason be yourself. There's, you know, First Amendment, but you can't go on your social media and say, I work at this job and this company is so dumb. Like those are the types of things that will continue to get you laid off. Well, and I mean, like when we're talking about this and like, I think in the teacher space, we talk about this a lot. It's like, nobody's trying to do a keg stand like on their teacher TikTok. But at the same time, like you don't want to have to feel like you're under a microscope all the time and that you have to be this perfect, like sacrificial, like do it all for the kids thing. And I've really seen that since I've been public about transitioning out of teaching as far as like the really toxic expectations of teachers and how, and I know you've seen it too, and how that really comes out. Um, whether you're in the classroom, I got it when I was still in the classroom, I've got it when I've left the classroom. And it seems like the only way the teachers can make people happy is to be quiet. 
um, and to be small. And I, I think that that makes me really sad. Um, and so that's been an interesting thing to see, like, as a teacher, TikToker, and then as a former teacher, TikToker, and now as a social media manager, how different um, the teaching niche of that space is versus other spaces, where I feel like people are saying just as controversial things, they're saying similar things, but maybe it's not. Um, the expectations aren't so high, they aren't there, and, and we don't feel like we have this moral obligation to be blank whatever that is for you in your district, right? Yeah, I, this is something you and I have talked about off off the mic as well is just yes. the amount of negative comments that we get, whether it's from teachers who are um, disappointed that people would ever leave the profession and openly talk about it um, or from people who have no teaching experience. Uh, how do you handle when you start to get negative comments on your social media? What do you, what process do you go through on whether or not you even comment on them? Well, this is an important thing for me to note and for me to tell people because I think so many people struggle to show up online because they're so terrified of it. And to be honest, like the first few times my content went viral, it was like this debilitating, like I couldn't pick up my phone. I felt sick. Like it was just this whole thing because I didn't know how to deal with it yet. And then I was scared for it to happen again. And so I didn't want to create things. And and I think number one, it's like just a like prerequisite. You have to realize that the people that are going to negatively comment are generally people with no content of their own. They're not further ahead in life than you. They, I mean, it's just, it's people that are very unhappy. Um, and now I really do have like a like a sense of compassion um, towards people that do that for the most part, for the most part, some people are just terrible. But, um, and then I go through a few different processes. So the way in which you react to social media comments very often is a mirror to how you're reacting to things in your general life. A social media comment only really hurts me. Like if somebody's like, oh, you're dumb. I'm like, I know I'm not dumb. So it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me. If somebody's like, like, oh, I hate your I hate your hair. I'm like, I love my hair. Bye. Um, but if somebody's like, you left the kids and you're terrible and like, how can you be so selfish? That kind of hurts me because that's something that I felt a lot of guilt about before I left. And so it's really about like get making sure that you're in a good mental space before you go and read social media comments, making sure that you have um, blocks on the like, like time blocks on things. Like don't get yourself in a rabbit hole, like trying to figure out who user five, seven, six, two nine is and everything they've ever commented on the world. Um, and so those are some just basic things. But then also um, recently, like I've been able to distance myself to the point that like, maybe if I have a video that goes viral, I'll turn the comments, automatic comments off to where they have to be approved. And I'll hand it now I have an assistant that does it. But I used to just be like husband go through these. I don't want to know what they say. Um, and that's kind of my own. Um, distance between it. But then also, I only respond to anything if I feel like it can be a teaching moment. Like I can call out terrible commenters all day, every day. But number one, I feel like it makes me look bad. And number two, it's not helping anybody. And it's only drawing more negativity and drama to my page and to my content. I would really rather only call out those mean comments if I can be like, okay, <laughs> this is this is actually why teachers don't earn enough. Um, and I can use that as a teaching experience versus like a, hey, you're a terrible person kind of call out. I love that. That is what I strive to do on my page as well. But it's something that's not as intuitive because your gut reaction is to just, oh, this person's, you know, saying something yucky about me. I have to defend myself. And it's just anytime you're on social media, it is 
part of that. And especially if you're talking about something that's polarizing in any way. Um, one thing that I picked up that I love that you said was how it only impacts you if it's something that you're actually struggling with and you think that they might be speaking about something that you're insecure with, because I feel that very hard. Um, there are people mm -hmm. who have called out what my voice sounds like and said that it's like screechy. That hurts because I know that my voice is screechy and it just, it is what it is. You know, this is what I was born with and we're just dealing with it. But then there are also people who tried to put me down by saying boss babe. And I'm like, okay, let me unpack that. You, they were, it was like a very negative, like she gives off this like boss babe energy, but I'm like, okay, I am a CEO. And they said the word babe. So like, I'm just going to go with that. I'm not against it. But those, you're abandoning the kids comments, the ones that really touch where my guilt really is, it are the ones that hurt the most. And they're the hardest to let go. And I want it to be a teachable moment. I want to use my social media to bring this community together who's struggling with the same things. And I want to continue to help people. So I just, I love that you broke it down into those different categories because it's something I never really realized about myself as well. What is the biggest challenge that you are personally facing right now in your business and how are you tackling it? Okay. So <laughs> there's a few different things and the I would say the biggest challenge in my business is also the biggest challenge in my life. And I, and again, I think that so much of our, especially when you're an entrepreneur, your business reflects how you are and your mindset. Um, and I think after leaving the classroom, I've really had to, and I try to talk about this publicly because I don't think it's talked about enough is that I've really been struggling with my identity on like who I am, what I like to do, like who am I without being a teacher? Right. And so I've, I've been struggling a little bit in my business with like my messaging. Like, do I want to talk to former teachers? Do I want to just help business owners that I like, do I want to just like be like, bye and never talk about and two teachers ever again, that I, I have this draw to stay in the teacher space because there are so many awesome people in it um, that I do still love helping support and still love talking to teachers. Um, but that's what I would say is like clarity, clarity on exactly what I want to do. And it's because. I, I just got diagnosed with ADHD about three weeks ago, um, which is never something I thought I was, but it, it's also like I have all of these ideas and I want to create a mini TikTok course for business owners that want to do the TikTok themselves and they can't afford a TikTok manager. And I want to create um, content for how people can become a social media manager because I know so many people would rock it. And I want to create like a million different freebies and do all the things and I want to do them like now yesterday um I want to be on every social media platform so I think it's been like drawing it down to focus and then also getting out of the toxic almost trauma of workaholism that I got perpetually stuck in being a teacher that also had part-time jobs for years so I would teach I would come home I would do another job um I would teach I would come home I would do another job on the weekends I would catch up on things like sleep and like laundry and i really now am like okay well how do i relax since i work from home when do i stop working because i love what i do and i want to work all the time how do i recreate that balance that i said i wanted so bad and i think it's a struggle because so many of us want to blame things on the job and to be honest the job does make all of those things really hard but then when it's taken away um when you're out of that do you still have some of the things that you thought were just the job 
like my workaholism and like my perfectionism and like my um, ability to keep boundaries and to um, set balance in my life. And so I think that's been really hard is because I was like, because I, you know, I have to step back and be like, okay, well, is this trauma from teaching or is this stuff that I, you know, just always struggled with and teaching just exacerbated it. I think that that's something that's really common for people once they leave. I also have that like shiny object syndrome of there are so many things that I can do now with this unfilled space and it in the entrepreneur world becomes like these different projects. And one thing that I've heard that was really helpful, I think it's Michael Hyatt from Free to Focus says something around the lines of like, you can do all these things, you cannot do them all at once. And you just have to fit, pick like, what are the priorities for the next three months? What are the three big projects I'm gonna do for the next three months? What is sustainable for me to continue to have work-life balance? And then, just checking back in, checking back in. Did I put 10 things on that three list after a week? Did I forget I was only focusing on these three things? And trying to, you know, get back to that sense of work-life balance because there are so many of us that I think do leave and and start to um, recreate the environment that we were so eager to leave. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like, going to therapy. It's figuring out the patterns of how you're bringing that into the next role. I'm so grateful that you even were just open and vulnerable when it came to that. It's definitely something that I've seen with other people. It's something I know with myself as well. Um, Allison, this has been such a great conversation that we had. I always enjoy talking to you. Um, Where can any listeners connect with you, find you online, either for their own you know, learning about TikTok and they want to grow their own audience or they might want to hire you if they are starting their own side business. Yeah. So I help people a few different ways and I'll talk about that a little bit, but, um, I am at Outmeet Social on TikTok and Instagram. I'm sure that will be linked somewhere. Um, and I, I help business owners with TikTok and Reels primarily. Um, but then I also do consultations for people that just want to grow their accounts and they just want to grow on social media for whatever purpose. And I'm starting to help support others in becoming social media managers and social media and working for businesses in the social media space if that's something that they want to do. Um, because people ask me. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Well, we will have that linked in today's show notes. So anyone who wants to connect with Allison can find it really easily there. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. You're welcome. It was great. I just want to give a huge thank you for Allison for coming on and sharing her story with this audience. If you are interested in learning more about freelancing, we actually have a few past episodes that you may want to check out, but most notably episode 13 with Jay Klaus, all about getting started with freelancing is a really great episode that can help you learn more about this path to see if it's the right fit for you. As always, thank you so much for being a listener of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast, and we'll see you on the very next episode. But in the meantime, if you want to help us help other teachers, please don't forget to share the Teacher Career Coach Podcast on your Instagram and your stories on LinkedIn with other teachers who are looking for this type of support because there are so many people who have no idea that this even exists who are looking for these types of resources. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.